Thanks for hanging in there. Yeah, it's Mile High Magazine, and I am Murphy Houston. Glad you're here. Happy Sunday to all. The weather's a little better than we've had lately. And joining us now is very excited to talk to my good friend, Dr. John Torres with NBC News these days, formerly with Nine News, and for a while I did no cold pay radio, which you hear here on Cozy 101.1 now these days. And, John, how you doing? I'm doing well, Murph. How are you doing? Well, doing fine. Every day changes. I'm sure you see it more than I <laughs> oh, yeah. see it. But holy cow, it's kind of crazy out there. And I guess let's just jump in with the latest news on the vaccine for 12 to 15 years old. How do you feel about that? No, I think that's great. And what, so what Pfizer did is they, they did an amendment to their emergency use authorization. And just so everyone understands what that means, is they have this emergency use authorization for 16 and above. They just submitted paperwork and got approved for an amendment for 12 to 15-year-olds. So they didn't have to go through the whole rigmarole. They only had to show them that it was safe and effective for that age group, and they got authorized to do that. And so now 12 and above can get the vaccine. Um, the CDC still has to meet and do the recommendations, but by all indications, you know, pretty soon 12 to 15-year-olds and above will start getting the vaccine, which is great because in order to reach herd immunity, we definitely need this group. Plus, the hope is that they get the shots, the 12 to 15-year-olds, and to be honest, 12 to 18-year-olds, before they go back to school in the fall because that will help them, their families, their communities, their schools, everybody keep this pandemic under control. And even though we're doing great and the pandemic seems to be doing better and better as far as getting under control, we still have ways to go, Murph. Oh, no kidding. It just seems like it's just dragging out. We seem to get ahead. Then we slide back. It's a little crazy. So I wanted to also ask you here, John, these 12 to 15-year-olds, will they require two shots and will the dose be the same as what I got? And that's one of the reasons that they were able to do this so quickly because the dose is exactly the same you, that you got, and it's the same intervals, two vaccines, three weeks apart, and the same dose as the adults. And so what they're doing is they're saying, okay, 12 and above can all get the same thing, which makes it easy. Now they're starting to look at 5- to 12-year-olds. Then they'll look at 2- to 5-year-olds. Then they'll look at 6 months to 2-year-olds. And by all indications, those will probably be different dosing. So that'll take a little bit longer to do. In the meanwhile, what they're also doing is they're looking for full approval, not just emergency use authorization, but full approval. That's going to take a little bit of time, as in probably a couple months, but that'll be a bit of a a game changer as well once they get that. And you think the, I thought the babies, like six months and older, were pretty much immune because of their antibodies. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, a lot of people think that. And what, what I always tell people is that when it comes to children, especially the younger children, We know that they don't get COVID quite as much. We know that when they get coronavirus, they don't have the the issues, the complications that adults do to the same rate. And we know they don't die from COVID as much as adults do. But they do get adult. They do get COVID. They do get complications and they do die, just not at the rate adults do. So we still have to keep them very safe. Plus, obviously, children interact with adults and they could pass it on. So you want to make sure. And so by what we guess is going to happen is that over the long term, over the next few years, the COVID vaccine is going to turn into another childhood vaccine. So instead of adults getting it, you know, we might get booster shots, but children will get it probably at that six-month age point where they get a lot of other vaccines. They'll probably add COVID to that as well. And that means that you know, going forward for the rest of their life, they'll be protected because the, the uh, honesty of it is, is this virus is never going to go away. It's going to stay with us. We're just going to keep it under control. Well, that's uh, kind of a scary thought. Never, you don't think ever, it'll never be gone? No, I don't think so. And, and here's the reason why, because there's two different words at play here. One is eradicate, one is eliminate. This virus will never be eradicated. It'll be eliminated, which means that it'll be taken care of. And every now and then you'll see cases pop up, and they'll have to do something to keep them under control. The two examples I can give you, smallpox. 
smallpox is the only virus that we successfully eradicated and did that in the 70s. And so it's not around anymore. So people don't have to get smallpox vaccines or anything. Compare that to measles. Measles is eliminated. But every now and then we get measles outbreaks because vaccination rates drop. And so that the doctors have to go in there and vaccinate a lot of people. You have to isolate people, get it under control. And that way it doesn't spread. So coronavirus is going to be more along the lines of measles where it's eliminated, but things can crop up every now and then. So we'll still have to get the the vaccine to make sure that we keep it under control. So it'll be like getting a flu shot every year. Exactly. And actually, some of these companies are actually right now looking at making a combination COVID flu vaccine. So you only have to get one shot. Murph, I know you don't like needles. (laughs) You don't like any shots. So. So you only have to get that one shot every year. I know. How good would that be? I like that. I, I'm still begging for pills. Can't you help me with yeah, that? Actually, believe it or not, they're looking in. They're looking into pills, patches, or shots to see if they can do it in any one of those fashions or in all those fashions. And then you might just get the choice of going up. Do you want a pill, a patch, or a shot? And I'm guessing you'd probably take the patch. Well, I might take a pill, but why would I beg for a needle? I mean, I'm not doing. I'm not doing that. Exactly. And I tell everybody, it's funny. I said, the little known thing about Dr. John is I, I, I'm afraid of needles, just like everybody else. I did not I know like, that. I've known you yeah, for a long time. I yeah, didn't know that. I don't like needles. And, and, you know, in the ER, I can give people <laughs> shots when I need to. But at the same time, I don't like getting them myself, just like everybody else. And so, you know, but I do. I make sure I'm vaccinated. I've gotten both my, my COVID vaccines and I've had them for a bit. So it's it's good. And I think, you know, hopefully everybody understands that they need this. And as I always say, it's not just for you. It's for you, your family, your loved ones, and your community. Yeah, that's what sometimes people don't think. You're not just helping yourself. You're helping a lot of people around you. And exactly, because you know, one is keeping it under control by you not getting it and keeping you healthy, but also keeping it under control by you not spreading it. And we're pretty sure it helps in, in eliminating the spread. The more we can get it under control, too, because people get concerned about the variants that are out there. Well, variants only happen if the virus gets inside our body. If it doesn't get inside our body, it's not going to change. And so the more we can keep it from getting inside our body by getting vaccinated, the less variants we'll have. Do you think uh, schools ought to require all students be vaccinated before they come back to school in the fall? You know, that's an interesting question, Murph, because that goes down to that. Right now, these vaccines have the emergency use authorization. Because they're only authorized for emergency use, as in a pandemic, it's a short-lived authorization. And so it's hard to mandate shots based on that. But Pfizer in particular and the other ones are coming along as well. They're going to be looking for full approval, which is what the other vaccines are. Once it reaches full approval, I think then you'll start seeing people talk about mandates and particularly school mandates. Military can't mandate it right now because it's only gotten the emergency use authorization. But once it gets approved, then they can look at mandating it. Uh, And so I think you'll see more of that coming along because, one, we have more information, more data, understand that it's a lot safer than we thought it was, a lot more effective than we thought it was. And so I think you'll start seeing those mandates. And it could be that you see them, in, especially in school situations where uh, there happens to be outbreaks and they want to make sure they keep them under control. A uh, Good point. But I did hear like CSU, CU, aren't they going to require students to have COVID come fall? They, they are. And there's a lot of colleges around the, the country co- requiring that. And, you know, the differences between the, the schools, you know, 12th grade and below mandating it on one hand and that's just regular childhood immunizations and then the colleges and the reason in the colleges they do that is because of the dorm environments they're in where they're a lot closer for a lot longer periods of time and so they want to make sure they keep it under control right now a lot of colleges mandate the meningitis vaccine and so it's very common for them to have to have that to come to school this is just another one because they want to keep it under control and what they're saying is come this fall so it's not too far away that these people need to get the vaccines before they can go to school because they want to keep all the students and staff safe there. 
it's interesting because a lot of them are not mandating it for their staff, as in the professors, but they're mandating it for the students, yeah. which is causing some consternation. But if you think about it, the students are in a closed environment where they live together. The staff comes and goes. You know, the professors come sure. in, teach, and leave. And so they might not need it as much. More than likely, they're going to have it, though. Well, maybe now's the time to get it. It seems like the rate of people getting the vaccine or wanting the vaccine has really slowed down, especially here in Colorado. What do you think about that? Right. And we went from the demand outpacing the supply, which is what we did up until now, to now we're at the supply outpacing the demand, meaning that we have a lot more vaccine than people who want or need the vaccine. And luckily, vaccine rates are, are continuing to go up. We're not seeing the, the four million a day we were seeing across the country, but we're seeing around a million a day, which is great. And hopefully we can reach those numbers that uh, you know President Biden's hoping for by July 4th. And we can really start opening things up then. But, you know, people still need to understand that they need to get the vaccine. And I know there's a lot of wait and see out there. And so if people hopefully they've they've waited long enough and seen enough to where they're going to go ahead and and go ahead and get the vaccine. Plus, Murph, if you think about it, you know, the vaccine itself is going to open up some doors that might not otherwise be open. The the EU, the uh, European Union has said that if you're vaccinated, you can come probably starting in June without having to quarantine, without having to really test. A lot of other countries are saying that, you know, different areas are toying with these vaccine passports to get into sporting events or other things like that. So I think the vaccine going forward, there's going to be a lot of benefits behind it. And so I think more people will hopefully start to get it. Well, what still amazes me, though, uh, Dr. John, by the way, we're talking with Dr. John Torres with NBC News, hanging out with my close personal friend, Lester Holt. Did he ask about me at all, John? Does he, say he, he does all the time, and, and almost to the point of pestering, I have to tell you, Murph. <laughs> it's a little well, annoying. <laughs> well, that's because you're jealous. He talks to me about me more than he does you. And I keep having to tell him. Lester, Murph did not say hello this time, but I'm sure he will. I'm sure he remembers you. Well, we're proud of what you're doing. Formerly with Nine News, you know that you've seen uh, Dr. John, who lives in Monument, for goodness sakes, around forever. So why why are people, so many people, only getting one shot and then not the second shot? What's up with that? You know, there's, actually, there's actually a few reasons behind that, they think, and they don't know for sure. But they think part of the reason is because they get the one shot. They get the side effects, you know, the sore arm, the feeling under the weather. And then they've heard that you get worse with the second shot, that you get worse side effects. Uh, but they don't remember that they only last for a day or so, and then they give you that protection afterwards. On top of that, there's a lot of inconvenience. You know, you have to go back for that second shot. You have to travel and get it. You might have to take a day off from work. Uh, so people, And there's people like me, Murph, who just don't like needles, and so they don't want to get the second shot. If you're in that category, think about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine because that's a one-shot dose, and you only have to get it. You're one and done, and it still gives you a great level of protection. Um, and that way you don't have to worry about coming back. But you definitely want to make sure you, you, you get the full dosing of whatever vaccine you're getting because one thing we're finding out about the Pfizer-Moderna one dose is it's only around, you know, the, in the 70 to 80 percent range effective, whereas when you get that second dose, it drops, it bumps it up to the mid-90s, you know, 95 percent effective. And, and we don't know how long that one dose is going to last by itself. You definitely need that second one. So are we still talking, and I don't hear as much discussion as I did before about herd immunity. Is that still important for us to hit those numbers? It's interesting. They've changed the name a little bit. So now they, and it's a little harder to say. So instead of herd immunity, they're talking about community immunity. Oh. And by, by that, what they mean is that your own community, let's say Denver, for example, has a high enough level and it has its own localized herd immunity. But what I always say is herd immunity, you could have all the herd immunity in Colorado you want, but if Utah doesn't have herd immunity, it's not going to help us because it's going to go back and forth. So what they're talking about now is getting community immunity, getting it opened up in your area, 
where you get the levels high enough that you can start doing more things while other areas are working on theirs because herd immunity has to be on a very large scale as in the nation or the world. And so community immunity, they're saying, is more on a localized level. And they are still talking about that. And they still think they need, you know, around the 70 percentage range. And so we're getting closer. And the goal is by July 4th to get, according to President Biden, he wants 63 percent of adults to be fully vaccinated, 70 percent to have at least one vaccine. So that'll get us a lot closer, which means that more things will open up and we'll have less cases, which is even better. Well, that is good news. And now I guess the other big debate is the mask situation. I mean, I just heard Dr. Fauci say last night that he thinks we're going to be wearing masks for a long time because not only does it help with the COVID, but it helps with other diseases as well. Do you see that coming? Oh, yeah. And, you know, we found out this year that flu is almost non-existent because of people wearing masks mostly. I mean, social distancing, washing your hands, those things that us, us doctors have been pounding on the table for for decades. You know, you wash your hands. Stay away from people when you're sick that, that nobody really listened to. And now everybody's doing it, which proved that it does work that way. So we think going forward, and I talked about this even up to about a year ago where I said, I think truly we're going to have what I call the Asian model where you're going to see people, if you went two years ago to an Asian com- country, you know, Japan, Korea, China, wherever you went, and you saw somebody with a mask, they weren't wearing a mask because they were afraid of getting sick. They were wearing a mask because they thought they were sick and they were protecting other people. And I think you're going to see that here, too, going forward. And I think what I always tell people is imagine a year from now you're on a bus or you're on a train or an airplane and the person next to you is coughing and hacking. If they're wearing a mask, you're going to go, okay, they're protecting everybody else. If they're not wearing a mask, I think they're going to get a lot of stares, a lot of angry looks of like, why don't you put a mask on? Whereas before we really didn't care too much about that. But I think now we're going to care about that going forward because of what this year taught us. Well, and the thing is, we're so used to seeing people wearing a mask, we won't be surprised if they keep wearing a mask, and it's up to them. If they want to do it, so what? Do it. Exactly. And it won't look odd. You won't look, you know, if you can imagine a couple of years ago, you saw people on a train or a bus or wherever wearing a mask or at the movie theater wearing a mask. You'd think, well, what, are, what is going on? You know, why is this person wearing a mask? Why are they weird? But now you're like, okay, great. You know, that's, that's just normal. It's, and yeah. it's turned into a new normal. Yeah, it is. And we'll see what's going to happen when, you know, places like Douglas County, they're, they're talking about opening the whole thing up and not requiring a mask anywhere, which you wonder about that, don't you? And just, you know, one thing to remember, too, is not requiring a mask doesn't mean that you don't have to wear a mask. It just they're leaving it up to the individuals to decide when they need to wear a mask. So, you know, obviously, if you're sick, stay home. But if you're concerned when you're out and about, you know, wear that mask. And I still do when I go out and about, regardless of what the, the mandates or the requirements are, I'm still going to wear a mask up until this pandemic is over when i'm out and about just because i want to make sure i'm safe and i keep everybody else safe even though i'm fully vaccinated yeah well i kind of agree with that dr john torres nbc news formerly with nine news our good buddy here on uh, mile high magazine good to have you here john and take care of yourself will you you bet murph and you too and always good talking with you always good talking with you guys too it's mile high magazine murphy houston here we'll talk to you next week